What's up, everybody? This is David Jagna. Welcome to the VR Downloaded Upload VR. I am joined by some amazing people today for us to talk about the latest in VR gaming and software news. And why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, starting on my left over here with Ian Hamilton here, managing editor. Welcome. Happy New Year. I'm Jamie Feldham. Mr. Feltham. Hello, hello. How's it going? Good to see you, David. It's been too long. I wish I could say the same, but the bug makes it so I can't see you. Oh, am I still invisible to you guys? Okay. Yeah. Right. Everyone else can see you, though. You guys can see him, so it's okay. Don't worry. I'm still here. Your, your boyish good looks of your avatar. I just ruffle my virtual hair. Yeah. Yes. Hello, everyone in chat. Hello, Luca, Alakazam, Jimbus, Adam, controller player, and Jimbus again. Jimbus a third time. Jimbus is excited, everybody. Is, is Alakazam the, the Pokemon? Is he here? Uh, the, the if he was, you wouldn't see him because he would disappear. Well, that's true. How's everybody doing? Let us know. What have you been playing lately? Because, like it or not, that's our first topic. What have we been playing? I'll go ahead and let Jamie start because you just published a uh, glowing review of a new piece of VR software today. Five star. I did a five star today, as, as they say. You did. An, an you essential did. on the upload scale. And that was for uh, a VR movie called Battlescar. I, I'm going to set up a bit. Produced by a lot of people, including the guys over at Atlas Five, uh, a really, really, really fantastic uh, passive experience. There's no interaction or anything. Uh, it's about a half an hour movie that tells the story of two women, uh, a Latino girl called uh, Lupe, and then like a punk devotee called Debbie. Uh, it's set in the 1970s New York punk scene, and uh, these two meet in like a jail cell on, on like a night long stint, and um, Debbie kind of like uh, enraptures Lupe, if you will, to uh, to kind of commit her life to punk like Debbie has. And they have like this series of kind of uh, misadventures, going to clubs, uh, trying to start their own punk band. Um, and I absolutely adore this movie. It, it, it first showed at Sundance, or at least a part of it first showed at Sundance a couple of years ago. So it's actually been a long time coming. Um, and it's... I, yeah, I, I think saw I saw... It. A very short, brief demo back whenever the Cosmos was first getting demoed a couple years ago. Yeah, um, that's quite possible. It was, yeah, it was a very, very brief, maybe five minutes, and I was, I, I was very intrigued by it, and then it kind of disappeared. So, hmm. um, it's it's good to see that it that it held up. Yeah, I mean. Um. Yeah. Anyway, if you go onto uh, uploadvr.com, you can read Jamie's full review of Battle Scar. Um, he gave it a five out of five. Um, so he considers it an essential viewing. He he really, really loved it. Um, another one that's recently reviewed by us here at Upload VR is Mare, I think is how you pronounce it. M-A-R-E, Mare. It could be Mar, but I think it's Mare. It's uh, kind of similar to Ico in a way in which you have a, uh, you know, like a small a young girl that you're shepherding through a, a really mystical, interesting world uh, full of puzzles. And it's very... Uh, kind of esoteric, very, you know, interesting visuals, very, um, you know, kind of a, a very slow paced game, but very atmospheric. And uh, Jamie liked it a lot. So if you're a fan of Ico, Shadow of the Colossus, Last Guardian, that style of game, uh, Mare is another one that we definitely recommend. That's also on Quest. And um, just in time, Ian, I see that you're, you're reconnected. Um, if you, I, I believe there's something you've been playing that is uh, yes. quite exciting. Oh, Doom 3. It's so good. We had a debate about whether it's worthy of review, like whether we should review games that you have to sideload onto the quest and buy on Steam. Like, 
is that something that that warrants a review like back with with the original doom came over to quest that kind of doesn't mean it's got flat textures with characters that like card the cardboard cutouts that kind of turn as you move around them um uh-huh. you know that, that that doesn't make sense to kind of review that or consider that a full-fledged game but this is a proper first-person shooter a modern first-person shooter and it looks gorgeous in vr it just works well i mean modern well. is is a stretch of that term modern it's it's like 10 years old right or something like that 2004 so it's 15 i mean yeah, yeah. you know it's old but i still consider it like using the flashlight you know uh using the flashlight in one hand using a gun in the other it mm. it, it doesn't i mean people are complaining about lack of shadows lack of dynamic shadows compared yeah. to a pc version of the game it still has a pretty good effect being I mean, able to, to use the flashlight. one thing right to talk about too is for, I honestly feel like this game is probably better in VR than it ever was outside of VR because um, not not only was it you know developed with VR in mind you know like there there was already like you know demos and stuff of that but also um, if you talk about the fact that whenever it first came out if I remember correctly you couldn't even use a gun and a flashlight at the same time I think that was a big yeah. problem with the game they had to patch. Well, it was, I mean, it's, it's a stretch to call it a problem because I mean, it was one of those things where they were going for the kind of tension, you know, survival horror thing. They were wrong. wrong. So that was, (laughs) so that was a design design decision they made. And then when it came to the PS3 and 360, like, I think like three or four years later in the BFG edition, that's when they added in the abilities to Mm. both at the same time. So this is vr support for the bfg edition is that right no no it's the it's the standard so you got to get the base doom 3 uh game it's only five dollars but not the bfg edition it apparently pulls over some of the features from the bfg edition but you need to have like the the just vanilla doom 3 uh from steam or, or somewhere else oh, interesting okay um and then yeah you mod that and pull over some of the assets from that into the the mod that runs on quest from dr beef and his team um, gotcha just an incredible port the the thing about me is you guys know that i'm i get sim sickness really easily but you go stand up in your room um and then you can do the rotation 360 degrees in the wireless quest so i'm only having to use the stick movement to move backward and forward i physically yeah, move yeah. my body left and right to make all those turns and it feels beautiful. It feels perfect. And I and I've forgotten that VR was ever a wired experience. Did you try the Return to Kaffel Wolfenstein uh, mod that he put out a few months ago? I did. Yeah, that one was pretty cool too. But I I think this is yeah. better in my mind. It's. I mean, it's a that's an even older game. So I think um, you know now we're we're kind of reaching that point where the non VR games that are getting ported over are of similar um, quality to the native vr games that are being made because it's kind of you know even the even the visuals you know are kind of we're reaching that sort of nexus point where the games are old enough to where they still look good but they don't require as much power as a modern gaming console so the quest 2 is actually able to um kind of get close to that sort of level so it's it's pretty exciting i mean i'm I think games like Doom 3 that are first person games that are very atmospheric games that have um, you know, almost like a, you know, very tense environment, stuff like that, that really makes you feel like you're in that world, that kind of stuff. I would love to see more of that ported over to VR. Cause I think those kind of games will translate well. Yeah. 
I loved it. Um, I, I'm curious to see like uh, what they do to improve it over time because I think there's a lot more they can do. It's running, I think, at 60 hertz and 72 hertz if you change the super sampling settings. They've already updated the, the version of the port once already, but they might even try to take it further. But the, the interesting thing is it does run on both Quest 1 and 2. But on 2, I was, running it, I was running it on Quest 2 at 60 frames a second with some super sampling settings uh, set to make it a little bit crisper. But I, I think you can take it up to 72 with normal, with no super sampling. And I would love to see it. I hope they can get it to 90 somehow. That would be amazing. That would be. On Quest did, did, 2, you, yeah. uh, did you try it on Quest 1 at all or just Quest 2? No, just Quest 2, yeah. I, I'll be honest, I don't even know where my Quest 1 is at right now. It's, it's in Mine. a box somewhere. Mine got bricked at some point. Everyone, everyone out there keeps telling me different ways to try to bring it back to life, and I've tried them all. I think that is a brick. <laughs> uh, what did you do on Facebook, Ian? Huh? Who did, who yeah. did you troll on Facebook? <laughs> Not quite. All right, so Jamie's back again for the moment. Do you want to talk about any other VR game that you've played recently? Meh. I played Meh. I reviewed Meh last week, which I really, oh, yeah, really liked. I touched liked. on that while you were gone earlier, but... Yeah, oh, okay. go into more about detail it. if you want. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, but I mean, basically, just to wrap up Battle Scar, definitely go and watch it. Um, it is really, really fantastic. The scenes change like every couple of seconds, uh, makes it a really erratic, unpredictable experience that uh, I just love from start to finish. And Mare, yeah, also a big fan of that one. As a huge fan of Shadow of Colossus and Ico, uh, really fantastic architecture to look at in VR. Um, absolutely in my opinion the most gorgeous game on quest very light puzzling mechanics but how, you know, if you how like long that, is it? it so i beat the main story in about two hours but then there's like hidden objects in a lot of the levels that if you go back and get everything you'll get an extended ending as well and that takes another okay so it's, it's not too long guy I, I could actually consider reasonably finish it then so I'll, yeah for sure i'll, sure. I'll try it out sometime cool cool awesome um, I guess we are ready to move on to the news then. If we want to jump into our first topic while we're already talking about Quest, it is a good starting point here. Um, if you didn't catch the news, late yesterday afternoon, Oculus announced that they are going to start rolling out multi-user accounts on Quest. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll use a word that Ian hates that I love. Finally... They are going to be doing this. <laughs> I think it is fair to say this is a long overdue update after, um, a, you know, it's been, what, almost a year and a half since the first Quest came out. Um, and the official documentation from Oculus this entire time has been factory reset your headset and then switch accounts. Uh, that is not a good solution. I don't think anyone agrees that that is a good solution. So... Finally, they're going to have the ability for you to have multiple accounts signed into a single quest and also to share apps across accounts. Uh, so the way they describe it is you have to have a master parent primary account on a headset, and then a secondary account can also be on the headset that you can share the primary account's apps to. Um, so the way that uh, we describe it in our article is, for example, if you have four headsets at home, you should have the same primary account on all four headsets and then secondary accounts on three of them so that you can share all your apps to those other users. Uh, they don't have a family plan, you know, type system. Um, so you can't share reverse. Like if the secondary account bought something, it doesn't, it can't be used by the primary account. The thing only primary shares the secondary, not vice versa. Um, so there's still some weirdness to it because it's Facebook, but um, this is definitely a huge improvement. Don't you think so, Ian? 
Yeah, uh, huge, huge, huge. I think, uh, you know, I had that situation over the holidays where uh, I handed a quest to a family member and they accidentally uh, broadcast their live stream to another family member because they were logged into the, the uh, different family members account. So it'd be nice to be able to, you know, put on the headset, switch the account. And if you accidentally post something to Facebook, it'll only be your account. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't you say your brother started live streaming, uh, 11 table tennis to his daughter's Facebook account? Exactly. For like 45 yeah. minutes of us playing table tennis back and forth to each other. And it's just, <laughs> it's just getting comments on her Facebook page of like, you, 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 you gotta work better on those, on those backhands and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's funny. I, I don't think they, they have, um, they have gifting now, don't they? They rolled that out already. That's one of the things I used over the holiday was, yeah, I gifted two different apps. Okay. I gifted table tennis to my, my niece and then uh, Beat Saber, of course. And nice, yeah, okay. it, it's fantastic to just send off a thing and sort of get an email a little bit later that I think, I think you get a notification that it's been redeemed. Okay, that's good. Um, I think they, they still don't have a way to um, have like gift cards though right like you can only give specific apps i think uh, so yeah yeah okay well i mean it's good that they're finally rolling out features like that over time and i think didn't carmack say on twitter that they want to have monthly software updates he did yeah he has a whole whole thread on where he's saying that they're going to try to more regularly uh, i think update. his mic is muted it is for me i don't know if can you hear him oh, okay, okay. Huh? his audio cut out well, for me yeah, he, he he Carmack commented and said a whole a whole string of things, including um, that you they're going to try to update the software monthly, and they're also letting people know that they should go to the user voice website to try to get any changes made uh, to the Oculus Quest software. The only thing that won't change is the Facebook account. He was pretty explicit that Facebook account is not going anywhere. All right, so I can read his lips, but I can't tell what he's saying. That's okay. Um, if we were to go on to the next topic, I'll cover this one briefly. Dragon Quest VR. The, the creator of Dragon Quest has said in an interview recently with Yahoo Japan uh, that he would love to see the franchise brought over into virtual reality. Um, so if you, if you remember, if you have one of those noodles that remembers things, then you might recall that there's a VR arcade in Japan that actually already has a Dragon Quest VR experience. It is a um, room-scale collaborative co-op experience where you fight against slimes and monsters together, and you know you kind of do battle here in this little arena. And it's very simple, very quick, very you know um, not not a full game. Um, as you can see here, here's some promotional artwork for the Dragon Quest VR arcade game. Um, but the series creator said in the interview that he would actually love to see it come to VR in an official way, like an actual entry in the series. And so. Um, that's very exciting, uh, the prospect of that, because of how large that game uh, franchise is and how well-known it is. Um, for those that aren't aware, Dragon Quest, which originally released a Dragon Warrior in America on the NES, uh, that series created the entire JRP genre. Uh, Final Fantasy came out, I think, two years after the first Dragon Quest. So um, Dragon Quest is the, you know, the forefather of the JRPG. And um, the 11th game came out a couple years ago. Uh, so there's been a bunch of spinoffs in, in addition to that. So it, it would be really cool to see this series come into VR. Um, I I would be very excited about that. I don't I don't know how they, they would do turn-based combat. There have only been a couple turn-based combat games in VR that have actually 
uh, worked well. There was one, there's a very obscure one actually that you might not have played on the Gear VR and also on the Oculus Go called The Well. Um, that was developed by Turtle Walk Studios. It is gorgeous. One of the best looking VR games I've played. It has an amazing watercolor style, art style. Um, it's a turn-based RPG. So I, I recommend checking that out if you can. Um, if you still have a Gear VR Go lying around. I don't think it was ever ported to Quest. It doesn't, you can't access it on Quest. Um, I know you wrote about that game a little bit, the the well, Ian. Is that one you have good memories of? Yeah, that's a beautiful game. Beautiful game. Everything David said is right. It's an incredible game, and it's kind of a bummer it didn't make the port. It's got a, a strange art style that I'm wondering if is not portable easy easy to uh, quest. Um, might not work with six off tracking very well. But it's a gorgeous game, and I'm curious to see if they, we see something like that in the future. Yeah, the, the the well is definitely underrated. Not many people played that one. I I would love to see that one get brought over to Quest. It's some, but it's not going to happen. But I would love to see it happen. Uh, Turtle Rock, I think, is pretty much moved on from VR at the moment. They're fully uh, invested in working on Back for Blood, their uh, Left for Dead spiritual successor, uh, which they haven't announced VR support for. I would be surprised if it got VR support. I don't think it will. Uh, but I I would love to see that game brought over to Quest. Um, Anyway, the uh, the next topic on our agenda for news here is uh, pretty exciting. This is a big data point that we finally got from Steam um, that in the year of 2020, uh, just 2020 itself, there were 1.7 million new Steam VR users. Um, so we don't we don't really know the metrics of how exactly they came to that conclusion. Um, Maybe, I mean, does it mean that there were that many new people that connected a VR headset to their computer? Does that mean that there were that many new people that installed the Steam VR, you know, software tool on their Steam and ran that? Um, you don't need a VR headset to do that. So hopefully that's not what they're measuring. Um, so, I mean, we don't really know exactly what that means. Hopefully it means someone that ran like successfully launched a VR software with a headset or, you know, maybe something like that. Um, 30% increase in playtime, uh, which is pretty awesome. I think that's a testament to bigger games getting released like uh, Half-Life Alex, Walking Dead, uh, Saints and Sinners. Uh, more VR revenue, which is awesome. That's obviously a factor of more users joining the ecosystem. And uh, a lot more sessions, 104 million sessions. That's That's a lot of people joining into VR to play VR games. That's pretty crazy. Um, what do you make of these numbers, Ian? Is this surprising to you? Is it higher than you expected, lower than you expected? Uh, it, the numbers are interesting. I'm watching the comments here, and the comments are interesting because you know I'm seeing Danny mention that $1,000 headsets are bad and other people defending the $300 Quest. The, the thing that fascinates me about those arguments is both of those headsets connect into these numbers. They both feed into these numbers. So PCVR gets bigger when Quests get connected to... PCs. And I think there's value in having both of those systems, the high end and the low end, both driving VR forward. And I think that's what we saw in 2020 was uh, a lot of people getting in there to play Half-Life Alex, And you have a great quest experience. If you want to upgrade from that, Half-Life Alex is the very first thing you should go and do. And it, there's, it just, it's such a great, like sort of deep dive into VR, but I, I think it's a good number. I don't think it's going to be as big a number as we're going to see out of quest on a standalone. I think the quest is probably going to be much larger than that. 
just standing standalone. But we still have to wait for Facebook to kind of tell us how many millions of quests are sold. And I don't know when we're going to get that. It's, it's so surreal not being able to hear you. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I disagree with everything you just said. I have no idea what you said. Okay. I could say whatever I want about him and I'm choosing not to. I think you that makes me the better person. Of those hand movements are, uh, I don't like this guy. Yeah. Well, he knows, he knows me pretty well though. He could insult me if he wanted. <laughs> it's going to be fun watching this back because I have no idea what's going on. If if he is saying anything that I should respond to, everybody, you have to let me know in the chat. You have to you have to you have to keep an eye out for me. Watch my back here. There's a lot of discussion in the chat about uh, Quest Two versus PC VR. You know that's a big topic in VR, and it's not our big topic for the day. Um, or actually, you know what? I guess it kind of is. We'll save it. We'll save it. This kind of is our big topic for the day. Um, so the next topic of discussion is moving to an entirely different platform that we have not even spoken about today yet. Um, that is the PSVR, the PlayStation VR. Uh, they released their list of the most downloaded games of 2020. And um, I'm going to be honest, I am a little disappointed in people that bought PSVR games in 2020. I was, uh, I was kind of disheartened to see that in both Europe and America, the top two games of the year were Beat Saber and Job Simulator. Um, I, I mean, mean Job oh, Simulator, that's a game that came out four years ago. I have an opinion Almost on that. Almost five years ago. Five years ago on PC VR. On PSVR, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And then Beat Saber has been out forever as well. And, um, I mean, you could turn this around. You could make the argument, oh, that means a lot of people, a new people bought a PSVR headset and they got the two most well-known games. And so that means their new people are getting into VR, which, you know, maybe that's the case. Hopefully that's the case. But at the same time, I wish that those new people and existing people would have bought enough copies of new games to overshadow the new purchases of Beat Saber and Job Simulator. It's kind of, I would like to see the industry kind of evolve, you know, beyond the the two games that people, you know, played on YouTube and got famous for making memes of, um, you know. So it's it's kind of bittersweet, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I I think there are a lot of great games on PSVR. And um, I would like to see some of those lifted up more. And then the two most popular ones continue to get all the attention. Um, you know, Half-Life Alex, the PSVR port of that game is incredible. They did such an, an amazing job. Uh, we awarded that PSVR game of the year in our awards. And um, there's, there's a ton of just great PSVR games that um, have kind of gotten forgotten just because, you know, we've moved on from them so much. But, you know, Astrobot is still like, one of the best VR games out there. It's an amazing 3D platformer. Um, you've got Farpoint, which is a great shooter that has some really amazing storytelling mechanics that it does. Really fun gameplay. The aim controller is amazing. Um, so the PSVR is such a good platform, but um, hardware-wise, it is clearly, clearly just far and away so hampered in comparison to anything else out there. And um, I know this is something that you feel very strongly about, Ian, that um, <laughs> the PSVR headset with with a single camera, you can't, you know, even turn around. And then the two move controllers are like eight-year-old tech. If No, probably more than that, aren't they? Like, um, But well, what's your take on this? Beat Saber, Job Simulator, top two PSVR games of the year. Like, how, well, what does that say to you? 
So just one comment to add to everything David said. He's he's right about everything. I want to tell him that he's wrong about everything just to insult him since he can't hear me. But no, he's I agree with everything he said. And he's check he's going to check the comments to make sure I'm not uh, saying anything offensive. Um, yeah, I agree with everything he said. The only thing I want to add is I think the reason these two are at the top of the bestsellers list is because the tracking is so bad on the headset. You want to go to the most polished, most reliable experience you can find. And I think that's unfair to you know call Job Simulator and Beat Saber the most polished experiences because there's lots of others. But I mean, if you're looking for something that's going to run well on a PSVR, those are going to be your safe choices. And it makes a lot of sense. There's the, there's a hand signal. That means he's done talking. Whatever he said is he's wrong. But uh, if he agreed with me, then that just means he said it poorly. Uh, he is right, but I was more correct. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's tricky. It's um, PSVR is one of those headsets that I nowadays in 2021. I'll be honest with you. I uh, I try to do anything and everything I can to avoid having to put it on my face. Um, you know, it's a comfortable headset, but man, it's just that tracking is just not good. You know, it's just, it's just not. And I think if the if it's the only headset you have, you know, I understand you live in denial. It's fine. Um, but it's just not, the tracking is not up to par anymore. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of painful having to play through games like Iron Man VR on the, on the PSVR because the game had a lot of potential, had a lot of good qualities. The story was actually surprisingly good, but I just, the whole time I just wanted, I was just like, man, I wish I was playing this on a, on a wireless headset or man, I wish I was playing this on a PC headset. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I'm I'm curious to see where Sony goes with uh, their PSVR platform. I think they've built a, a large user base. They have a great library of exclusive content. They have some great partnerships for third-party content. I think they have a great piece of hardware in the PS5. I think um, that it could really power some amazing experiences. And if they figured out a way to make the next headset wireless with better controllers, um, I mean, that could very, very well just end up being my favorite VR headset on the market because uh, the wireless nature of the Quest is what I love the most. And then you give me the library of the PSVR, that would be incredible. I would love that so much. Uh, Ian is back now. I can hear him. Um, I might pretend I might pretend I can't so I can keep the gag going. <laughs> I like the comments here where he's telling me that, uh, what was the one? Ha ha, I agree with David. And then you saying whatever he said is wrong. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, people enjoyed it. See, that's that's what you call thinking on your feet. You you got to stay agile. You got to be able to move. You got to be able to think quickly because we're live. This is live entertainment. Jimmy <laughs> left. He abandoned us, and so we had to adapt. Ian wasn't even going to be on the show until twenty minutes ago, and you know what? We made it work. I had to talk about Doom Three. That was the only thing I I needed to make sure people knew that Doom Three is is awesome. It it is also. I haven't tried it on Quest yet, so maybe I'll do that today. Because I, uh, you know, I, I've been wanting to poop my pants, and uh, so it's it's something that will definitely help me do that. Yeah, I jumped really bad, like four times. It was just the door opened, and there wasn't even a monster on the other side. Just <laughs> jumping. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, so we have two other news topics to get through before we get onto our big topic. It's an all caps here big topic in my notes so that means it's going to be big uh the the last two news topics of the day are system shock 2 is getting vr support um speaking of 
you know, older games getting VR support. That is another one that is officially getting VR support. I think from the actual developers themselves, right? That this is a, um, aren't they working on the new system shock game and they're adding VR support to the previous one? Is that, is that what's happening? I think. I missed this one. Uh, I, I didn't look at I this one. I think that's what's happening. You can correct me if you want Heaney. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure that's the situation here that, um, the previous older game system shock Two, which was a spiritual predecessor to Bioshock is uh, getting VR support. And, uh, this game is a, a, a first person, you know, immersive, um, narrative game, um, a lot of people compare the System Shock series to Half-Life. They have a lot of similarities in the way that the, the gameplay works, the story is told, um, that kind of thing. Um, I've never played them, but System Shock 2 is often considered to be one of the very best PC games ever made, um, right up there with Half-Life and Half-Life 2. So I'm, I'm eager to try it in VR. I think it'll be a fun way to experience it for the first time. I wonder if I'd be willing to play a Bioshock game again in VR. I... I don't know. I love those oh, games so much, but I don't know if I need the to revisit original, that world or not. Especially, yeah, yeah, the original because the original was almost a survival horror game. I mean, it had the elements were there. It was a very scary game. Um, I and those reply, powers, is, like all those like electric guys. powers and shooting bees out of your hands in VR, that'd be sick. Yeah, there's a lot of games that appear very inspired by Bioshock and those mechanics. I love the, uh, right. these comments asking about why HTC is expensive. I thought it was an interesting one to reply to. Um, and the, the person replying, James, saying that it's just that Oculus is so cheap. That's that's the way of looking at it. HTC is trying to make a profit on their hardware. Uh, Facebook is making a much longer play uh, of just getting millions and millions of people into VR. And so they're willing to take a loss on hardware. And it's as simple as that. It's how do you compete? How do you as a hardware company compete with a company that is willing to take a loss on the actual hardware they're selling? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, though, because, I mean, you look at HTC as a company before VR. I mean, they were, you know, a very large uh, smartphone company. Um, so you, you going into things, uh, I expected HTC to eventually pull ahead because after, you know, they launched with room scale out of the gate and, uh, hand controllers and they had the better headset they had on the better platform and steam. I mean, they had so many advantages. They, they really did. And um, it's, it's crazy to, to see what happened over the past five years, because I, I thought it would go the exact opposite personally. Yeah. I mean, it, they had such a good lead there and obviously like, I think we've talked about this before, but I, you, I was last year, much of last year, I switched back and forth between the valve index and the quest. I just, they're both, great for different reasons and so it made sense to go and set up the the the, the index to have a really great half-life alex experience and there's lots of other great pc like pistol whip I, you know how much i love pistol whip it's more it fun is. on index there than it is. it is on quest yeah i did it <laughs> reset the um, reset the timer heaney reset the timer <laughs> uh but you know, I love the index, but since sort of like maybe the last half of last year, it's been all quest all the time. And I, I, I kind of think of that as a good barometer for just kind of like when you weigh all the things, it's just so much more valuable to be wireless and just that much more comfortable. And then also to be able to connect it to a PC and virtual desktop has only gotten better over the course yeah. of the year. And I mean, I'll, I'll I'm going to wait on responding to that because that's a big that's part, basically part of our big topic discussion um, is the, where VR is going to be going in, in the next year. Or so, um, 
Yeah, System Shock 2, getting VR support, I think it's exciting. I feel like a lot of the people that love PC VR, um, that, that love VR in general, um, we're, we're PC gamers from this era. You know, I feel like there's there's a lot of overlap. People that watch 80 sci-fi movies are avid VR users now. And, um, you know, I think they were, you know, in their, in their 20s or so when this game came out. And, you know, so there's there's a good continuation that has kept that sort of uh, that age demographic engaged. And um, so it's, it's pretty exciting. And the final news topic that we need to cover before we can touch on our big topic discussion is going back to PSVR, uh, Hitman 3. This is, uh, you know, the first big PSVR game of the year, really. And uh, this is from IO Interactive. It is the finale to the new trilogy of uh, Hitman games. If you recall, Hitman is not a new series. It was uh, a previously released series back um, on the on PC a long time ago. I, I don't remember exactly when, but I, I played the original Hitman and Hitman 2 um, Silent Assassin, I think, was the subtitle. Um, those games were quite a while back, uh, uh, 10, 15 years ago. And then they, they've done a reboot is what happened. So I think around four or five years ago, they rebooted it with the World of Assassination trilogy. I love that I can do air quotes now. Um, and that's what this is the third installment of, the finale of the trilogy. And um, it's coming to PSVR. So the Hitman 3 will have full PSVR support. You can play the whole game in VR. Um, no motion controller support, only DualShock 4, but you can play the whole game in VR. And on top of that, Headman 1 and 2, the previous two games, all of those levels, which is like 11 or 12 missions, is going to be also fully playable in VR. So if you own all three games on PS4, then you can play the entire saga in VR, which is... That's a lot of content because I was talking to Jamie earlier today. These games, if you wanted to just play through the campaign, and that means taking out your primary target in each mission as quickly as possible and just doing the objective and moving on and watching the cutscenes. I mean, that would be around 10 hours for each game, uh, probably somewhere in that ballpark, eight to 10 hours. But if you wanted to actually play them the way that most people play them, and that is, um, you know, turning off a lot of the helpers, objective markers and the hints and just going into each mission as you would in real life and trying to immerse yourself in the world and blend in and track your target and, you know, pay attention to where characters go and look at their routines and follow them and um, do all those kind of assassin things. And you wanted to play it more seriously and unlock um, like new weapons to bring into each mission and those kind of things. Then those games become much longer. And, you know, if you wanted to go for the platinum in each game, and um, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of content there, all three of those games, all those missions together in VR. That's, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but that's probably at least 50 hours of content. Which is I'm crazy. looking at the comments here. Do you see, there's a comment here, David, saying that Skyrim has a mod with, uh, gives your hand physics so you can grab things and do yeah, the I haven't tried it. pull. I've, I've heard of that one, but I haven't tried it. There's, um, I thought you would have been it, in there in like 15 minutes, like just, <laughs> okay now oh that was cool now, it worked oh the snapping works now oh that used to not work okay well then that's exciting <laughs> usually our, our previously our hands would disappear when we tried to snap you can i can touch my fingers now look at that well look at that <laughs> all right facebook is well learning. everyone Headman is canceled. We're just doing hand tracking now. Yeah. All right. Rock, paper, scissors. Come on. We got to do it once. <laughs> okay. One, one, 
two. I. You could have changed it. That's if you put okay, your hands. Well, together, how are we doing it? Are one, we doing one, two, three, shoot? Okay, on one, two, three. three, shoot, and don't use your other hand. All right. Okay. On three. One. 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 Two. Two. Three. We're out of sync. The the slight delay okay. in the vocals is messing us up. Yeah, see, Redline Joe, that's what I was thinking. I don't know. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> um anyway, Hitman's exciting. We should have a review of this up next week, hopefully. Um IO Interactive, if you're listening, send us a damn code. All right. You hear me? I'm gonna I'm gonna find you. I'm going to train up in these games. No, no, I can't say that. That's Where's Jamie? Where's Jamie? Get Jamie in here. Yell you. Yeah, I don't know. Jamie Jamie left. He he got bored, I guess. Uh, anyway, Hitman well. 3 comes out on January 20th. I I think they have a, a uh, exclusivity period, in which case maybe it'll come to PC VR afterwards. Um, I say that. But Resident Evil 7 still hasn't came out on PC VR, even though that period ended years ago. Um, but then Borderlands 2, that came to PC VR almost immediately after that exclusivity period was over. So, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, hopefully it does, because I think it would obviously play better on PC, and I, it would obviously play better with motion controllers if they decided to do that, instead of just a DualShock. Um, which, quick reminder... Um, for those that are unaware, the DualShock 4 is a 6 off controller. It has a light bar... Um, so it, the camera can track its movement. So you do you do get some physicality, but it's just not as good as having two independent hands. So anyway, let's uh, let's move on to our big topic. This is the big discussion. This is uh, basically what everyone in chat has been talking about since the show began today, um, forty you know however long ago, forty five minutes ago, um, and that is where is VR going in twenty twenty one. Um, where do we think it's going in terms of software, in terms of hardware, in terms of uh, the rivalries that are heating up? What do we think is good for the industry, bad for the industry? Um, it's, a, it's a big topic. And um, I think we can start by discussing kind of what people have been talking about in chat. And that is, um, what, what is better for the future of VR? Is it focusing on Quest 2, focusing on accessibility, wireless standalone, um, you know, getting people into VR, or is it better to focus on pushing the envelope, innovating with higher fidelity, more horsepower, and more immersive interactions and more believable worlds? You know, which one is more important for the future? Mm, that's a lot of different things to, to to balance. I think we've got to consider PC is is in a weird transition where uh, if you look at what Epic is doing, like you can launch some VR games that you bought off of Epic. It kind of looks to me like everyone that does a PC VR platform is going to arrive somewhere where Epic is. Like all you need out of your PC is a launcher. Like you need a launcher app to launch your VR library. And uh, I think PC is going to be very focused around the OpenXR ecosystem. Like building more features that are only XR compatible may may encourage developers to build open XR compatible apps. But the, the gist of it is that you've got Microsoft, Valve, Epic, and Oculus, all of which, like everyone but Steam, 
I don't think those stores are the main play anymore for any of those companies, right? Like Epic has a bigger play than just its store. Like they're a platform that's bigger than just its PC storefront. Valve is its PC storefront. Like that's the main push of Valve's company. Yeah, Oculus sure. has moved on from the Rift platform. Like they're just not, that's just going to be like a, a way to get into PC VR games that's different from everyone else's. And so it's it's a weird transition for the PC market. And what we need is a wireless PC connection to move that market forward in a really significant way. So we know uh, Andrew Bosworth at Facebook has actually formally said that they are working on their own wireless solution. Carmack had sort of alluded to it and hinted that, yes, that they're working on their own wireless solution. The question is, when is that wireless solution actually going to get out there and how is it going to work? We kind of expect a Wi-Fi dongle uh, that you plug into your PC and it manages the connection between your PC and the headset itself and gets rid of most of the congestion issues that you would have using a normal Wi-Fi network. I I don't know if that's going to arrive late in the year, maybe even next year, early in the year, mid-year, when. I, I don't know. But the moment that hits... That's a significant, significant feature for the Quest ecosystem. And the big question is, how does Valve and Sony get there? How do they get wireless into their systems as well? And I don't know that that happens in 2021. So if it doesn't happen in 2021, how far off is it? And how far ahead does Facebook get before the others can match? Yeah, it's... It's interesting because I expected um, Oculus to have an official wireless solution for their PC headset by now. I, I'm i surprised it's taken this long, especially with how good virtual desktop already works. Um, I, you know, and it's, they put themselves in a, in a tricky spot because now they've waited so long that virtual desktop is extremely good. You know, for me personally, yeah. I prefer it over Oculus Link. And by the time Oculus releases their official wireless solution, if it's not better than virtual desktop, that's going to be a problem. And I we, think we have kind of we have Guy in our comments here. Guy oh, is hey. here in our comments. Saying, yeah. So the creator of virtual desktop, right there. Uh, all welcome the Lord, the 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 the, the, the Lord of PC connectivity. <laughs> um, a, a USB dongle doesn't solve any of the congestion issues. It actually adds USB issues to the mix. A bad idea, if you ask me. And that's a USB really is brilliant a serious problem. That's I mean, how many do? Because do you? Ha- I have nightmares. Yeah. I wake up screaming in the night thinking about that sound. Yeah, it's no, it's it's a it's a real concern because. Um, I I that was one of the things I hated most about using my Rift CV one is just all the all the USB problems. I mean, you would have um, some sensors would stop working. Some of them would just, you know, fail randomly. And um, that's the same thing happens with Oculus Link, where sometimes one port works on my, on my computer and, the, and other times another one doesn't work. And it's just, there's so many problems with it. And um, I'm fortunate enough to have a good internet connection that has a strong home network that has high speeds and, um, I can stream my PC to my Quest with pretty much no problem, but I know that's not the case for everybody. And um, it's it's tricky because you are um, further shrinking the audience in a time when we should be growing the audience. And so that's the mm. that's the issue is that you know 
you're already asking people, okay, you need to have a gaming PC, a high-end gaming PC. Okay, that's only a certain number of people. Okay, now you need to have a PC VR capable headset that has a wireless connection feature. Okay, that's even fewer people. Okay, now you also need to have really, really good internet speeds. Okay, that's All even right. fewer people. And so it's it's such a tricky so- thing. I guess I'll add this since a lot of people have been bringing up Wi-Fi 6. I've been talking to Guy and uh, a while back he mentioned on on Twitter uh, the actual Wi-Fi router he's using and it's an Asus uh, Max. Uh, Wi-Fi Max, I think. Um, but it's an AX router so that's the latest Wi-Fi uh, standard. I was, I'm about to buy one of these for myself. But it's a $250 router and it's got a dedicated band for the Wi-Fi 6 network. So you could set up the three bands. You set up the old normal uh, band and then the five gigahertz band and then a third band that you would just give the you would more or less call it your your wireless link. Uh, you would name the router your wireless link and then use it to just manage the connection between the headset and your router and just keep that router in the same room as your headset. And as I understand it, that's going to be probably the best experience you can have with virtual desktop in 2021. Let me mention Guy's other comment here. Uh, what would help a lot is Wi-Fi 6E, 6 gigahertz, but the Quest 2 doesn't support it. So I have a feeling they won't add wireless streaming until Quest 3. I'm hoping that... Oh, sorry. sorry. Miles, that's what a good question. Say? Sorry, go ahead. He's asking oh, if, you, oh. if we'll see a Quest 2 from another company. A headset that is easy to use and easy for someone not in technology to set up and have fun using. Take a look at our last download session where we talked about the Samsung headset that was the the controllers that have leaked. Um, the Quest Two is a great headset, but Facebook. Yeah, I mean that's yep. that's a huge huge caveat, and um, you know I I can understand like even even if let's say even if you don't care about the privacy concerns even if none of that matters to you um there's a lot of people that just don't want to use facebook you know they don't want to have a facebook account they um you know think it's you know toxic to have to have all those connections and have to see all that stuff on your feed all the time and they just don't like using facebook and then you tell them, oh, just make an account so you can use VR. Well, now Facebook says you can't do that because that's not an authentic real account. And so you might get banned anyway. And so it's it's a it's an annoying situation. It's it's very frustrating. I saw I saw you quote tweet quote tweet Carmack where he commented about how the account requirement's not going away and you tweeted out, Well, you could have kept it optional. And uh yeah, he's been real quiet since then. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I shut I shut up John Carmack. No. Um <laughs> but no the, the the thing that's I think ironic about that whole situation is I'm not necessarily in the camp that uh I need to delete my Facebook account. I did delete my Facebook account years ago, um, and then started with a fresh one because I was so frustrated with like my controls over years of data, I just axed the whole thing. And now I'm using it like much more consciously of okay these photos can last me 15 years into the future let's let's think about what what that means um the irony of the situation is that even if someone else made a quest 2 without facebook being required i still might want to log into facebook on it to connect with my friends the thing that i would want to do is to be able to disconnect it at any time yeah it's it's about options right you want to you want to future-proof your your options and your privacy. And uh, Danny has a good point here. And I'm going to be honest. You know, I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll be perfectly honest right now. 
I'm kind of in agreement with Danny Rowe, where he says, Facebook can have all my data, take it, just make VR mainstream. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of that's opinions kind of people, where I'm at. and I, I hate you. I hate you and Danny. Um, no, <laughs> don't let them win. Don't let them win. No, I'm just kidding. I, I felt that way I with mean, Google I, Photos, right? At one point, I'm like, I've oh, got yeah. terabytes of hard drives of, of Fully photos. Fully interested in Google Photos. They know everything about yeah. my life. All right. And I, I'm just, I've got terabytes and I'm trying to manage it and make sure it's backed up. Like every new photo that goes into the hard drive is going to another hard drive. Like, and I just, at one point I had that exact same, uh, impression, you know, just there's a scene in, I think it's day of the dead, uh, where a guy is getting eaten by zombies. They're just ripping out his guts and it goes choke on it choke on it he's yelling at the zombies to choke on his insides and that's how i feel about uh google <laughs> that is incredible uh, there's there's a funny comment here um where redline joe said you can't shut up john carmack he coded the basic structure of an argument and let you visualize winning Yeah, James, and James um, got my I'm, reference. That was hilarious. I don't know what the reference is, but that was perfect. Uh, I have never seen Day of the Dead. I'm going to be honest. I'm sorry. I actually just know the I scene. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've I didn't probably know the seen scene. that. It sounded vaguely familiar. I, I need to watch that movie. <laughs> and you know, I think it's. I think we're in this situation too, where it's like, uh, it's frustrating because a lot of the time I'll see people on you know Twitter or Instagram or, you know, wherever complaining about uh, social media privacy issues while they're also using a, a, an arguably equally invasive platform. And um, it's just, you know, I don't know. I think um, people want an enemy. They want someone to hate, I guess. And um, for There's a lot of people on Facebook. And, and that's fine. Let's and be- it's certainly earned. Certainly earned mistrust. I think we can all agree there. But let's also get, you know give credit where it's due. Facebook has been explicitly saying that they value privacy to a degree that they. I don't know if there's an admission of guilt in their statements because you know Office. it's legally yeah. like difficult. Kind of but they've been feels like it. very clearly saying privacy is our top concern. And I I know Zuckerberg has said something to the effect of if we can't protect your data, we don't have the right to it. And I. I, I understand the sentiment. Um, they need to. They're putting their money where their mouth is. To be perfectly blunt about it, they've got thousands and thousands yeah. of employees getting the most. You know, the most well-paid employees, some of the most well-paid employees in the tech industry. I mean, me, and they're me, trying to get them to engineer these technologies. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think um, can't we say that you know, they haven't? Ha- I don't think have, they haven't really just flat out lied about anything have they i mean they, they they've said uh, a lot of things people didn't want to hear but have they lied has there been anything that what that wasn't you know i love that uh, that's a, that's a very excellent question and i think it's uh, they've got pr teams they've got a pr team that manages all of the discussion and so there's legal teams and pr teams that have to vet the things that facebook well, says before so they actually in, get said in the comments in the comments, people are talking about Cambridge Analytica. I was I was speaking of about VR stuff. Have they have they lied about anything VR related? I mean, I haven't I, seen anything. They've been 
So I got a comment from a Facebooker uh, a, a while back, and it was such an excellent comment where they said something effective. We have to get privacy right because if we don't, it's an existential crisis for us. Essentially, the comment was saying that we die, VR dies, if we screw up on privacy. That's how important it is. VR dies. VR Facebook dies if they screw up in on privacy in some way. And we've been trying to hold them to account over the years, talking to them about how uh, you know, there's a hack, not a hacker, uh, an, an eng- a researcher at, I think, UC Davis, Doc Oculus, I think is uh, what he goes by. He um, showed how the Oculus sensors of the original Oculus Rift are basically webcams that are just hidden from being a webcam. Like there's a system. There's a system. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, the system, the, the way it's profiled is it says that it's not a webcam, but if you went in and changed some settings around, you could get the system to recognize that it's a webcam and then get a grayscale image out of that sensor. And so back at the time, Facebook wanted to call them sensors, right? But now they call them cameras on the headsets. They've changed the language that they use to refer to their hardware over their evolution. Where I'm getting emails years ago from PR people saying, use this term to refer to our technology and not this term. And I wouldn't say they lie, but there is this debate over how this technology is described. Mm. And if you if you go to the wrong sources, we try very, very hard to describe this technology as accurately as possible. But if you go read like a a New York Times story about some technology, there's an editor there that hasn't necessarily used the latest technology in years, trying to morph a writer's writing so that it describes what's going on rather than actually saying, this is how the technology operates and the significance of the technology. And so it's it's like a situation with Facebook where they're constantly having to educate uh, uh, reporters about technology. And that's kind of like, you know, the edu- the reporter doesn't want to be edu- educated by their source. Um, we yeah, need independent yeah. verification of how this technology operates. And there aren't that many experts working at the cutting edge of this to really get independent views of right. whether these systems are actually safe. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's tricky. And I, I really hope that, you know, to the topic from before that we have some legitimate, you know, exciting, good competitors that come out. And um, I, I, I struggle to think of a company that could do it in a way that would be successful. Um, I mean, the my, my top pick would have been Google, but clearly they don't care, you know, not, not mm-hmm. at the moment at least. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's going to be crazy. Like I... Because the thing is, I can think of plenty of companies that could probably make a better hardware device or at least a comparable one. But it's mm-hmm. the content, you know? Like, that's that's the struggle. And um, I think if Sony were to make a PSVR 2 that connected to a PS5 wirelessly, um, obviously it would require a PS5, so it's more expensive than a Quest, blah, blah, blah. But the currently existing install base of PS5 owners it's probably already higher than the install base of Quest and Quest 2 owners, if not very close. And if you ask someone to spend an extra two, 300 on a headset that connects wirelessly to a console they already have, that's pretty enticing. 
So I think mm. if if Sony could do that, that would change things. I think that would that would force um, Facebook to really, um, you know, to try to. I don't know. Like, I think it would it would add a lot of healthy competition to the market. And, I got um, I got Heaney fired up about the CV1 sensor. Uh, so I, I think we should probably read out what what Heaney said about the CV1 sensor. Keep in mind, getting an image out of the CV1 sensor required making a lot of custom changes and only on Linux. It was never demonstrated on Windows. And also the CV1... Where, where did this second comment go? And also the CV1 sensor in normal operation used a very small exposure time, so produced no useful image of anything other than IR LEDs without those Linux custom drivers changes. So yeah, that and, and we had a phone call with Facebook where they were very direct with us in trying to explain all of these things. And we tried to put as much as we could into our articles. And we've learned from how we covered that and done more in the future in, in, since then, because uh, it's so important that we describe how these technologies work uh, as clearly as possible. And we hope that we're the best in the world at making sure our audience understands how these technologies work so that you can explain it to your friends and family how these technologies work. There you go. Best in the world. MVP. Are we done? This is the part where I tell everyone to go to Amazon.com and buy an upload VR t-shirt. <laughs> do it. Do it because you want to and do it because your heart tells you it's the right thing to do. The camera keeps changing, so I'm trying my best to focus on the red on the red light. I want everyone to go to upload VR or to go to Amazon.com and buy an upload VR t-shirt. I'm just telling you, if it's great, looks great, everyone's going to compliment you. They're going to say, wow, that green and black really looks good on you. And you're going to say, yeah, I know. Thanks. <laughs> there you go. I, That's what you got to do. Gonna see, I, I, if I want you to buy an upload VR shirt just so I can see one in the wild someday. Like, I just think that would be so, so neat to like. That Wait, would be. That's when I. That's when I'm going to agree that VR is, is here to stay. It's like the moment I see one of our shirts out there in the wild. Danny Rose said, since I agreed with him, he might do it. There you go. There you go. You know what? Everyone in chat, I agree with all of you. Everyone's right. Everyone makes a great point. I think RG, Redline Joe, Wilgen, uh, Triangulator, Apple VR, Adam, everyone, you will look great in an Upload VR t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I don't think I'm going to come uh, to Florida. What are your what are your weekend plans, Ian? Well, what are your VR plans? What, what are we playing tomorrow on our newly created segment VR and Phil? We've got to do golf. We've got to do golf. All right, so right. All right. So if you weren't here last week, last Friday, we played uh, real VR fishing for around two hours on the channel. Uh, we did a live stream, and it was a ton of fun. That game is fantastic. It's the most probably one of the most relaxing VR games you can play. It's just so so immersive it's so realistic it's so visually breathtaking and we had a great time we had viewers come in and join us um so i think tomorrow we're probably going to play um some walkabout mini golf i think that's the one people keep recommending on quest i think that'd be a good one and uh, maybe people can join us as well uh tomorrow while we play if you'd like as long as you're not weird or uh strange um adam david versus ian Tea Time Golf. Is that another VR golf game that I don't know about? And yes, G-Dog. I see you. Don't worry, G-Dog Cheeseburger. I remember you. I know you want to play Population 1 with us. Um, 
And yes, Danny, I um, I might play some Population One. I like that game a lot. It won our, I think it won our award for best multiplayer, didn't it? Best competitive multiplayer. I think that we that gave it to Population like it, yeah. One. Ooh, Wilgen. Yes, David versus Ian yes. table tennis. Now that you have good internet, now yeah. that now that you have good internet, I think we could actually make that work. Just should we do that instead, or should we do mini golf? I do you want to lose for an hour or two on stream. I mean, just wow. get your butt handed to. Wow. For, I mean, you won't win a game. I won't let you win a game. We'll go in there right now, and I'll prove it to you. Wow. You know, I know you're right, so that's why I'm going to say welcome <laughs> mini golf. Ian is legitimately amazing at table tennis. He is like... No, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. Play- My brother is amazing. He's like an actual almost professional player with like his, his entire well, garage is a converted table let's, tennis. Let's talk, let's talk about the, the different tiers of table tennis. There is, you know, my three-year-old son down here. And then half a step <laughs> above that, there is me. And then around six steps above that is Ian. And then around 80,000 steps above that is his brother. Yeah. It's, so that's, it's that's the tiers you're looking at. The Forrest Gump of I was, just, <laughs> I was using my brother. To, I was using my brother to test the tracking. He's that good because you can, when you're at that level, you can tell milliseconds. You know, the, every single millisecond of latency is going to matter. And like, we need that tier of player in VR to really test yeah, whether these yeah. headsets are going to match reality. Uh, quick shout out to your gamer for reels. I want to let you know about a little game called Elysia. I L Y S I A. Look it up. Um, if you are a fan of Orbis, but you want something closer to a real, true VR MMO, look up Alicia. Um, I backed it on Kickstarter personally. Make sure you tune in on Monday for, uh, is it Monday or Tuesday, for the the uh, hardware industry-focused VR download, which this one kind of became almost today, sort of. Uh, but we focus more on content and experiences here. Um, but the other version of our show, which is also called the VR Download, um, the the other part of the podcast focuses more on hardware and industry topics. Um, yeah. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you had a good time in chat. Uh, thank you, everyone, for keeping things pretty civil. Uh, Danny Rowe, thank you for the $2 donation. Thanks for the great show today, guys. You're welcome, my friend. I hope you uh, had a good time. And uh, Danny Rowe, you know what? Based on your YouTube avatar icon, it looks like you're running on the beach. I don't know if that's actually you. But I think you, the only thing that would make that image better is if you were wearing an Upload VR t-shirt. I think everyone agrees that Upload VR t-shirt would look good <laughs> on everybody. So. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'll see you. Yeah. Peace out. See ya.